Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Awaken Your Inner Awesomeness. I am your host, Melissa Oatman from melissaoatman.com. I am super excited for today's episode because we have with us Miss Corby Mitlide. She is a psychic medium. She's also a tarot certified tarot master, a past life specialist, and she has a new book out, The Psychic Yellow Brick Road, How to Find the Real Wizards and Avoid the Flying Monkeys, which I absolutely love that title. So I cannot wait to get started and talk to her today. This episode is sponsored by searchhustle.com, your resource for digital marketing training, taught by digital marketers at the bleeding edge business owners, and fresh marketing grads. Free for a limited time at searchhustle.com backslash beta group. Thank you so much, Corby, for being here with us today. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for asking. So first of all, I love the title of your book and I love everything that you do because I also um, do past life regression with people and I also do readings for people. So I can't wait to really um, get to know you and how you operate. But what I always love to do is start by asking our guests to tell us a little bit about themselves and how you got here doing what it is that you do now. All right, that's called the 30 second elevator speech. When I was nine, I read a book called The Witch Family by Eleanor Estes, and I thought, wow, there's magic in the world. I want to go find it. Fast forward to 1973 when I was a senior in high school, and yes, that tells you how old I am. Um, I was working part-time at Spencer Gifts. They had the James Bond 007 tarot deck, and I bought it because we were all hippies then. Everybody needed a deck. Five years later, everybody had moved on to roller skates and disco balls. I was still reading because it fascinated me and I loved the stories that Tara would tell. So I read for 20 years, making sure I kept my ego out of the way and I was a clear tube, as John Holland says, for the information. All of a sudden in 1994, I could do hands-on healing and talk to dead people with no training. That's when the universe handed me my draft notice and said, hello, you're working for us. So I did it part-time, lots of other careers during the day, actress, author, inspirational speaker, video producer, legal assistant, writer for a graphic novel series called ElfQuest, executive recruiter, you name it. But I always did this psychic work on the side. 9-11, when my husband and I watched the towers burn, I said, I need to do this work full time. People need to know there are other answers out there. And he said, I believe in you, go do it. So for a year, I still worked corporate 70 hours a week psychic work evenings and weekends to make sure I could make a living at it. One year later, shut the door forever in corporate. This is now my full-time job. I work six days a week, 14 hours a day. I read about a thousand people a year and I get to get up every morning. I don't have to get up every morning. Huge difference. Yeah, that's awesome. That makes a really big difference when you're living your passion and you're doing what you love. And also that you feel like you have a purpose because what you're doing serves others and i think that that's where a lot of people miss the mark is when trying to find their purpose many people go for money or different things like that and that doesn't really ever bring happiness Mm -mm. i always tell people they need to find their sentence of passion and that's not who you are or what you do or even how you do it it's the vapor trail you leave behind in every encounter My sentence of passion is cross the bridge from fear to fearlessness and fly. When I can take you from point A to point B when you thought you couldn't make it, 
whack you on the shoulder and say, here are your wings. You don't need a flight plan now. Get, I'm living my bliss. And that is what people come to both of us for. Yes, absolutely. And what, so you started with tarot reading, which mm-hmm. I love tarot reading too. Um, I, I do readings, but I do more like the Oracle cards, but I love tarot. So you mean much. like these? Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> Oh, I, I teach a course <laughs> called Decadence which teaches people how to read any Oracle deck they pick up within 30 seconds. And I show them that I will use two or three different decks in a reading, first tarot, then my karma and relationship deck, and maybe I'll finish with my Ganesh deck. Boom, boom, boom. Gives real depth to the reading and people love Oracle cards because they speak easily to somebody new at this. They do. And I love tarot too, because as you said, it does tell a story. And I remember one time when I, the first time I went to get a tarot reading and I thought, I can't believe I'm doing this, but I went and I got a reading and it was almost like having a counseling session. Yes. I got so much information, like more information and more help. And she even gave me the name of a book that she said, you need to read this book. And it's all about self-love and it was the best thing ever. And that's immediately when I knew I have to be doing this more often. Yes. Um, We're not fortune tellers. Fortune tellers would flip three cards and go wait until January and fire the second redhead if you're asking about your career. Me, you say, I wanna open up a crystal shop. I say, great, card for you, a card for the energy around the business, the brick and mortar location, how you market it. Clients, competition, staff, finances, what you need to know and best possible outcome. That puts a rocket pack on my client's back. It is empowering. It's not, you've got a curse on you, so you have to buy the $600 candle. Right. (laughs) Or the magic spells anyway, like that drives me up a wall too. Like get your past lover back by doing this candle trick or whatever. And it's like, okay, well, well, you're messing with someone's free will. Like, don't do that. Or turn it around. Fine. You yeah. got rid of this guy and you're so grateful. Do you want him to go to Madame Hoo-ha and say, I need to hook her back in? Right. Of course you wouldn't. Yeah. Flip the question, darling. Yeah, exactly. I love that. That's a very good point. Um, I love that you did the tarot, but then what's interesting to me is that you also then started being able to communicate and see people who had crossed over. And now what mm-hmm. year did that happen to you? I forgot what that happened in 1994 1994 okay and was it just like a random person that you saw or was it that you saw one of your own loved ones um well it was i guess random uh this has to do with uh, a past life and the way you said you do past life regression it's really important that your listeners understand the difference between what you do and what i do they're both valid but different. See, I do past life retrieval. If you come to me and say, why am I always weirded out with wet hair in my face? I'm the one who goes into a fast trance, goes up to the Akashic, pulls down the book and says, read chapter two. This is for people who either cannot be hypnotized or they're too scared of it, or they just don't want to go and feel these things. Again, what you do with regression, people are going up there and What I wanna warn people about is they need someone trained like you because if they revisit a particularly grisly death or a violent thing that is traumatic, you know how to pull them out, 
pull them back, make it more objective to them. Someone who just wants to try this because they think it's cool, they could do massive amounts of damage. So no, you go to somebody who knows what they're doing, like Miss Melissa, please. <laughs> well, I really like how you do past life retrieval because I know there are a lot of people who are very, very scared of tapping mm -hmm. into that tap life, that past yes. life, and they don't really necessarily want to experience it. They just want to find the answers and the patterns that right. keep bringing over from lifetime to lifetime. Right. One of my favorite <clears throat> quick stories is a woman came to me at a psychic fair and said, I'm really worried about my son. He's in his late 20s. He refuses to live more than a mile from me. He always asks me about any decision he makes. What's going on here? Went upstairs and said, okay, Utah Beach. So this is D-Day. Your kid is a soldier. He's got a pretty badly mangled leg. You're his commanding officer. You're dragging him over a dune. You got some shrapnel too, but you both made it out alive. And she looks at me and she says, can you see what my rank was? I said, yeah, you were a sergeant. She sits back in her chair and says, he has called me Sarge since three years old and we've never known why. <sighs> Boom. That's so you've incredible. got something that really shows what's going on. Yeah. And my whole idea is spirit looks inside us when they're telling us what we're gonna be good at. It's like rifling through a file cabinet. What are our talents? I was a theater major at Brown University, so I know characters. I'm a writer, I know how to tell a story, and I'm a history freak. So if I see something, I'm not going to say, it's a long skirt, it's a big hat in front of a fancy building. I'm gonna be able to say, hobble skirt, picture hat, that kind of ostrich feather in front of the Bandenberg Gate, we're talking Berlin in 1911. Now, which one's gonna give their client more information? Right. But don't ask me to use a pendulum, I have a slight benign tremor in one hand. I can't trust it. Yeah. So I turn pendulum and psychometry work over to somebody else. Yeah, that's really interesting, an interesting point. And I, I can totally see where, you know, your gifts are really displayed because of the background that you had. Mm -hmm. And that's so true. Every psychic medium, people, I think, tend to think that everyone is just alike. <laughs> and mm -mm. that cannot be farther from the truth because everyone is so different. Everyone has different modalities they work with. Everyone shows up differently, even, I think, with their clients. Mm -hmm. You would not ask a cardiologist who is a heart specialist, I have this rash on my butt. That's the dermatologist question, not the cardiologist. And you would know that. So we too have our different specialties. Go find the person that you want. We're all okay with that. I don't know one professional intuitive who would say, well, it's not in my wheelhouse, but don't go to anybody else about it. We're yeah. gonna show you the good folks. Right, exactly. Because our compassion for people and wanting to help them is so much stronger, I think, than anything else. And mm -hmm. I'm amazed we that yeah, I mean, we're here in service. Exactly, period. exactly. And I'm just astounded at your work hours and ethic that you read over a thousand people a year. When you divide it by 365 days, it's not that bad. It really isn't. <laughs> but yes, yes, because I wow. love what I do. And that is very apparent. So take us through sort of how you do your readings with people, because I'm very interested, because as we said, all mediums are different. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, it depends on what you want. 
I tell people, look, people come to me for four things. The everyday tour bus, house, car, job, kids. Okay, gotcha, put me here. Now what? Who was I in 1642 Belgium? I want to speak to my spirit guide, Binky, or how's dead Aunt Mabel? I mean, it's going to be one of those four things. And when I say that, they laugh. And that's good because when you laugh, your shielding comes down and the information gets in a little better. So I will say to you when you sit with me, what's the most important thing you want to get out of here knowing? And if you go blank on me, I'll go Brooklyn on you and say, darling, what's biting your butt? Because when you say it that way, everybody comes up with at least one. <laughs> so if it is the everyday tour bus, that's tarot, that's my oracle cards. Um, if it is past lives, spirit guides, angels, that's all channeling. When someone wants to speak to one of their dead people, I do not just go fishing. That's not my talent. The best medium I ever knew who could do that is the late, great Allie Cheslett from Albany, New York. We nicknamed her Chatty Kathy of the Dead. Because you would sit down and want your dead Aunt Mabel, you pulled the string and Allie would just go. No, didn't take a breath. But what I do is I use what I call the dog tags. For instance, my father, Jerome Richard Dorkin, who died in 2001 at the age of 80, doesn't tell me anything about him, but it gets me right into the energy. And then I will start telling you what I get. And oddly enough, my guides tend to let me play charades. If I put my hands to my lips, it's smoking. If I put my hands on my chest and move them out, it was surgery. If the heel of my hand taps my forehead, it was a fast death or unexpected. Um, once we're sure we've got the person, I let them speak directly through me. It may not sound like them, but I don't censor, which is why I will never do it in public. Because yeah. what comes out of my mouth has been very private, very healing, but you don't want that kind of thing to come out to an audience. Right. right. Couple of, of examples of what I get that are absolutes. A woman wanted to speak to her father-in-law. I felt myself miming a pool cue. She said, yes, he taught me how to play pool. A girl in Canada wanted to speak to her grandfather and I feel myself salute. Now, for those who aren't viewing it, Americans salute with their palms down. Brits and Canadians salute with a palm out. My palm was out. The grandfather was saying that he acknowledged with pride her graduating from the Royal Canadian Mounted Police Academy the week before. Wow. Now, see, those are precise. That's not it's a rose they love you. Yeah. And that's the kind of stuff that I demand from my dead people so yeah. that my clients are not fooled. Yeah. Because there's, there's nothing worse than getting vagaries and wondering, was that really the person I wanted? Yeah, exactly. And I've had many different kinds of readings too myself and somewhere it was really vague and you had to like you're doing guesswork and others where it was very specific and you knew exactly who you were talking to mm -hmm. at the time. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I know a lot of people are looking for that because a lot of people need closure, I think, in mm -hmm. situations. And so I totally understand why information that comes out would be very private and personal because I think a lot of spirits sometimes come through to apologize for different things that have happened trying to get that off their you know clear the air I guess, if or it's just not appropriate um the the funniest story about that there was a biracial same gender couple the black partner had died her white widow wanted to speak to her now i'm a nice i grew up a nice jewish kid in cherry hill new jersey i have manners once i got her 
uh, dead partner, what came out of my mouth was flawless urban ebonics and language you don't use in public. <laughs> but I let it out and I was beat red in the face, but my client was laughing and nodding and crying because that is that sentence was exactly what her partner, Isabel, walked in the house saying after every business trip. If I had said that in public, oh, there would have been riots. <laughs> yeah. So no. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. And I, so I want to talk about your book too, because now mm -hmm. your book, um, the book, The Yellow Brick Road, that is, does that talk to people about how they can tap into their own abilities too, or just how to? No, I mean, I got a chapter at the end, but there are 6,942 books about how to develop psychic work. There is nothing out there that I found that tells you how to stay safe when you're looking for an intuitive counselor, how to avoid the nutcases that didn't also say, and I'm so good, you should only come to me. I don't care if you never come to me, my darlings. Yeah. If this book helps you find somebody who's good and is reliable, all boats rise. I did my job. So no, this book, it starts out with uh, two chapters that I have lectured on. The first one is Psychics 101, The Good, The Bad, and The Cleos. And Psychics 1 or 2, How to Have a Great Psychic Experience. But then we go into things like what you don't ask when you really don't need a reading, pay fair to play fair, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the, the chapter that other psychics love and laugh over is the one about when you shouldn't get a reading. Because look, 95% of the people who come to us, it's usually about love. And sometimes you will get a client that is determined you are going to tell them exactly what they want to hear. So they keep hammering at you like a woodpecker. Yeah. Does Bruce love me? No. Well, is he gonna love me? Not the way you want. Well, if I do this, is he gonna love me? No, he's not. Well, is he gonna call soon? No, he's not. Is he gonna call later then? And boom, boom, boom. Until finally, some psychics just go, yes, fine. He loves you and he wants seven babies with you, but he just doesn't know it yet. Oh, good, I thought so. Oh, please don't do that to us. <laughs> That is so true, though. That is very true. You're a professional psychic after you've gotten that one in your desk, because all of us do. Yes. Yes. That or sometimes, too, I laugh because I will have people who come to me and say, I'm 99% sure of what I should do. But I wanted to come to you to make sure. Yes. Or you know, we tell them and they say, well, that's what I thought I was supposed to do. But I say, that's called a verification reading. Yeah. It happens a lot. And those are your guides and your angels whacking you upside the head and saying, dummy, what'd you spend the money for? Right. Because it is. <laughs> you guys, look, every single one of you listening can do what Michelle does, can do what I do. We are not special. We're all wired the same way. The way I explain it, we all have 10 fingers. Everybody can play chopsticks. Some of us really get into the idea of playing. So we learn scales and how to read music and we practice. One in 10 million is Elton John, yeah. but we all have 10 fingers. Right. So do it. You want to be a psychic kid. There are 8 billion people in the world and Michelle and I, Melissa and I can't read them all. Right. So we need you. <laughs> we need some help. Yes. <laughs> I love that. So I love that you wrote a book trying to help steer people away from, because there are so many people out there who take advantage, mm -hmm. sadly, of people who are yes. hurting and in pain and just trying to get answers um, about loved ones. And I think 
you find people who truly are in it for the passion and because they love serving people. And I know that's why I'm in it. And I know that's why you're in it too. So I think it's amazing that there's a guide because as you said, you don't really ever see a book like that. Like here's how to stay away from somebody who's going to rip you off. But there mm -hmm. are like those telltale signs of, well, pay me money and I'll use the spell or pay me money and I'll. <laughs> this is how, I, that's why I wrote the book. Um, I was doing a psychic fair in Canada, 250 booths. So you're going to have some charlatans there. Mm -hmm. And across the way was a fake gypsy. And we watched a woman walk down the aisle and the fake gypsy runs out of her booth, grabs the woman and says, oh, you don't need to pay 30, 40, $50. I need your bum for 10, dumb. Drags the woman behind her little screen. 20 minutes later, we see the woman leave the booth crying hysterically. And a bunch of us run over to see what happened. Well, of course the gypsy had said, oh, you have a family curse. How many in your family? Four, you have dog. $50 every family member, 25 for a dog, he's small. We fixed and told the woman if she didn't burn 400 specially blessed candles at the Roman Catholic Church, I blessed real good, only $1 candle. Her entire family was gonna die in a car accident in two weeks and she bought it. Oh. That is why I wrote this book. Yeah. Prevent that sort of thing from happening. That's so horrible. <laughs> And I it can't was. even imagine doing that to somebody. That's just a horrific thing um, on so many different levels, but oh my gosh, yeah. And that's the sad thing. There definitely are people out there. I remember, this is a funny story. When my sister was in high school, they had the psychic hotline that you could call. Miss Cleo, of uh -huh. course. <laughs> and so my sister called it and she told me that she did it. She did not tell my mom, you know, that she was calling the psychic hotline. And she said, oh yeah, they said, you have problems with your dad, you have daddy issues. And, you know, we had a family that had divorced. So of course that's, that was pretty common anyway, that yeah. you would say that. But my mom gets the phone bell and I was walking down the street and I can hear my mom screaming <laughs> from down the street. And my sister said, oh, but they were so good, you know, and they were really accurate. And my mom said, did she tell you you were going to have a large phone bill in your future? And we all yeah. died laughing. We're like, uh. Yeah, it's, it's, that's what they got them for. Now, are there some phone lines that still work? Of course, I work one. It's called Best Psychics Directory. It's got very good people. And if all you need me to do is answer a four-minute question, get on that line because the minimum you can get from me is 15 minutes. So, and I'm fast and people really appreciate that. And I'll be very honest. Once they've had that little reading on best psychics, they go looking for me, they find the website and it's the equivalent of in the grocery store when you have a little taste of the meatball, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, but I can still be accurate, especially if it's, does Bruce love me? You know, those questions are three minutes long. Um, <laughs> There are all kinds of ways to, to get to work with a psychic. Psychic fairs are one, but people need to understand when you walk in and you don't know any of us from Adam's house cat, what to do. So I basically tell people they have to be like good puppies. The first thing they do is they're walkies and they go in and they walk around and they just look at everybody and see what the feel is. Then they need to get paper trained. You go and if anybody looks interesting, you pick up a rat card or a flyer 
and then you take it back and you read it. Now, three or four of us are probably going to look pretty interesting. So you go back and talk to us if we're not busy. If we are, you talk to our front people. But remember, we can tell you we're wonderful and that doesn't count. And we hire our front people to say they love us. My first front person was the fabulous Laura, who was my husband's office manager Monday through Friday. Do you think she's going to dismiss his museum director? Probably not. <laughs> you want to find our testimonial books on the table. Those are written by people we've read. Are we good? Are we kind? Are we funny? Do we have specialties? Are we accurate? Would they come back? But the last and most important part of this is check in at your heart shop for my kids. If the psychic doesn't feel like she has a brain in her head, really cares about what she's doing, or is going to give you good information, don't go there no matter how cool the wiki woo looks on the table. She's not your reader. Yes, that is very good advice. Very, very good. And then another thing I will say, one of the things that I always look forward to, you can't avoid sometimes getting information that's maybe not so positive. Mm -hmm. But I always look for people because there's a difference between getting information that's not positive and someone who's super negative. Mm -hmm. And I, I have yes. seen readers before who are like just gloom and doom all the time. And I really feel like it's their energy coming across because mm -hmm. I feel like you can give someone information that maybe isn't going to make them so happy in a way that's constructive and helpful and help them make the most sense of it. And what's the next best step that you can take that's going to make this as good as possible for you, make this go as smoothly as possible for you. And that's yes. what I always look for. You know, a lot of people will say, don't tell me anything bad. And I go, doesn't happen here. <laughs> but I've beat cancer three times, two divorces, and now I have a 21 year relationship and great husband. So it's here are your opportunities and how to grab them. Here's the tough stuff. Here's how to get through it or around it. Here's your toolbox for rock and roll. Now, if someone says, please don't talk to me about health, I'm a, I'm a, I am a hypochondriac, I will respect that and I won't say anything about health at all because they have set the boundaries and a good intuitive will respect your boundaries. That's why I can't stand what I call drive-by psychic shootings. That's like the Long Island medium walking up to you in the grocery store and saying, excuse me, your aunt Dora says you have a bald back tie. You're going to die in a car accident if you don't get it fixed. Just telling you and walks away. <laughs> she has done such a disservice because amateurs think yeah. they get a hit. They can walk up to anybody and they have to give the information. Yeah. No, that is saying my ego and my wanting to show off trumps your free will. Yeah. So I always tell people, no true intuitive would do that. Even the psychics at Lilydale would say, I'm Reverend Shirley and I'm from Lilydale. I believe I have a message for you. May I come to you? Those are the five magic words. And if you say no, they will back off. If someone doesn't back off, you call the manager. You're being harassed. Yeah. That's all there is to it. I was actually going to ask you what you thought about like those television shows with the psychics, but that's exactly, I say that all of the time. I, I tell people, yeah. you know, for me, I've learned to shut it off, mm -hmm. not tap into things when I don't want oh. to be. <laughs> Open and close sign. Yes. Right. right. Yes. 
Because I said you don't want to be walking around everywhere seeing dead people or getting messages or that would be miserable. So, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> like, Absolutely and, right. and you would annoy everyone else around you too. And, and people need to know we do respect their boundaries. You know, about the reality show, I actually lost a reality show because I wouldn't lie. Um, what everybody will always hear me say is I'm not special. You can do what I do. I absolutely believe it. And they were saying, no, 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 we have to position you. So you're so amazing. Everyone has to come to you. I said, but that makes my life alive. They said, we'll see it. We'll go get somebody else. And I have no regrets because that would have prostituted my abilities. And I'm willing to bet you that they would be disappeared within a year because that's not the deal I have with my guides. Yeah. I'm here in service, not to get the big bucks. I love that. I love when people have integrity in that way because uh, there's so many people right now who don't, unfortunately. So the fact that you wrote this book even to help the average person who just wants to go and, and get help from a psychic, but who's never really either had experience or maybe has gone to a bad psychic before. I love that you're doing that because there is a need for people to be able to understand what to look for and how to go about because it's it's like a doctor when you go to choose a doctor we oftentimes blindly go to someone thinking well they're a doctor they have to be good they have to be professional and then you find mm -hmm. out they were the worst doctor they ignored everything yes. said to them and missed yes. diagnosis so i mean mm -hmm. same thing yes that's why you try to get testimonials or we all have them on our websites and i always encourage people if you want to work with Swami Swalanda, ask him for three or four referrals. If we're pros, we have a handful of people that have said, of course, send them to me. I'll be happy to tell them how you read. Yeah. Because that way you make sure that you don't have a one trick pony. Um, when I first started reading publicly in about two or three, I mean, you know, I just married my husband. We still couldn't pass each other in the house without smooching. I mean, we're so cute. <laughs> and I was doing a show that was run by, I'll call her Madam you know, Crotchety, because she's no longer around. She said, oh, well, welcome to the circuit. Let me show you how we read. She flipped a few cards and she said, I'm so sorry, but your husband is sleeping with your best friend on a daily basis and siphoning money out of his bank account. Now, at that point, I was in upstate New York. My best friend lived in Thousand Oaks, California, daily basis. Don't think so. Yeah. And I had an account that was separate from my husband's. But then Madam Crotchety said, that's all right. I'll tell you how to handle it. And proceeded to tell me how she took her last four husbands to the cleaners. Muddy channels give muddy information, kids. No, 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 no. Yeah. Okay. So you don't want the one trick pony, but that also means you don't want glurpy purple with angels. Hi, let's see what your angels are going to say today. I know they love you and they will give you good news. Oh, please. You know, where, where's the wastebasket? No. <laughs> yeah. I love the little names you're coming up with. For... <laughs> Look, I have done stand-up comedy. I've done stand-up comedy on what it's like to be a psychic. So yes. And and you know, when you tell people stories like this, they will remember. You know, as a reader, how many times do we have to tell our clients that they really need to learn to draw their boundaries, to say no when they mean it, and they all nod. And it's like an omega brain just does not go in. Well, that's why I made up postcards that say no is a fabulous idea. 
and I hand it to him. And on the back is the tale of Sid, Moses' second cousin, which explains to them why they need to say no. And they laugh, but they put this on their refrigerator and they remember. That's a fabulous so, idea. I love that. Oh yeah. Uh, people like like tchotchkes things. Yeah. So yeah. I get that. And anything you can put in front of you to remind you that this is what I'm supposed to be working on today is always exactly yeah exactly the point I love that and I love this conversation if anyone wants to get your book or if they want to get a reading with you or just follow you what's the best way for them to do that oh they can't avoid me Melissa they really can't <laughs> first you go to my website corbymitlive.com that's how to make an appointment with me. There's over 150 articles. There are the links to get my books. My books are on Amazon. I've got three. Clean Out uh, Your Life Closet is my first book. That's self-help, The Psychic Yellow Brick Road. And if you're serious about wanting to join Melissa and me on the circuit, the newest book is You've Got the Magic Who Needs a Genie. And it's everything I've learned about being on the road doing psychic work for 18 years. Um, paperback, Kindle, and the first book is audiobook. Where else? Uh, Pinterest, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. And if you want to work with me on a regular basis, go to my Patreon page because there are all kinds of tiers where we do monthly get-togethers and I teach classes only for my Patreon peeps. And so it's the real deep dish way to work with me. I love that. So I'm going to have that link in the show notes so you can click and go directly there. So it's just Thank you. easy for you. I always Thank like you. to, um, before we leave, ask our guests to leave our listeners with a little nugget of wisdom. I know you've given us a lot and a lot of laughter throughout this conversation. So I thank you for that. But if you could leave them with something today, what would that be? That would be live life like a Martian detective. Now, what's that? If Melissa had water coming out of her eyes and I looked at her, I might say, why are you crying? But a Martian who comes down and is fascinated by earth wouldn't do that. He'd just look at Melissa and say, why is there water coming from your eyes? And the Martian might be right. Could be allergies, could be your contact lenses, could be emotion. When you step away from judgment and you just ask the next question, that opens up every single possibility. I love that. Love that. Very interesting and something to think about. Well, thank you so much for being here with us today. This was such a great and fun conversation. I had a great time. Thank you and thank your audience. And I want to thank you guys for being here with us today too. As always, if you like this podcast, please subscribe. Please leave a positive review from wherever you're listening. And the greatest compliment you can pay me is to share this podcast with anyone else you think might also enjoy it. Don't forget, you can follow me on social media. And if you want to work with me, just go to melissaoatman.com. You can also join me on Patreon. I would love to see you over there. As always, I hope you have a beautiful day today from wherever you're listening. I'm sending you so much love and light, and I will talk to you soon. Bye, guys.